Welcome to the Magnify Him Together podcast for teens. My name is Tim Young. I'd like to welcome you to this new series I'm calling Songs in the Night. And if you're wondering about that title, it's taken from Psalm 77, where somebody is struggling with their thoughts and emotions. And that's what really what we want to talk about in this moment of your life as a teen, struggling with all sorts of stresses and anxieties and maybe even depression. We're going to start off by talking about your brain. Now, your brain is a very special organ created by God. It's absolutely amazing. We don't know too much uh, about it. We know some things. And I wanted to go through some of those things with you. So if you uh, just think about taking the top of your cranium off and thinking about your your brain and your head and how you're, you're continuing to grow, uh, I'm going to go through a list of seven things you need to know about your teenage brain. This is a list I got from the National Institute of Health, and I thought it's really interesting for us to kind of get a good framework as we start off talking about these things. So here's number one. The brain reaches its biggest size in early adolescence. So for girls, the brain reaches its biggest size around 11 years old. For boys, the brain reaches its biggest size around age 14. Now, I, I can see a lot of girls saying, yeah, I know that to be true, looking at the boys, but just brain size doesn't correlate with either smartness or intelligence or any of those kind of things. It's just simply a function of how we're growing up. So if you're an early teen, your brain is still growing. Now, here's point number two. The brain continues to mature even after it's done growing. Though the brain may be done growing in size, it does not finish developing and maturing until the mid to late 20s. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The front part of the brain, which is called the prefrontal cortex, is one of the last brain regions to mature. And this area is responsible for things like planning and prioritizing and controlling impulses. So that's interesting. That's the last one to really develop and mature because as a teen, you might engage more in risky behaviors without considering the potential results of your decision, and that's because of your brain not maturing completely. Number three, the teen brain is ready to learn and adapt. So even though your brain's grown, it's still maturing. There's still all these neurons and synapses and everything. Brain's an amazing thing that can rewire itself. And so your teen brain has lots of plasticity. That's kind of the technical term for it, meaning that your brain can rewire itself as you experience different things, as you think about different things. And that's what the Bible calls the transforming of our minds. And that's one of the amazing things about it. So when you do like challenging mental exercises, um, when you exercise, physically exercise, when you do creative activities like art, all of that is helping your brain to mature and to learn. Number four, many mental disorders may begin to appear during adolescence. So your brain is still ongoing. It's still changing. Even though you, your body might be done, stopped growing, your brain is not. You're going to have all this maturing where you're, you're emotionally and socially maturing. But during this time, teens are the most vulnerable to mental health problems. So all of those big changes the brain is experiencing may explain why many 
teens experience mental disorders uh, such as anxiety disorders or depression or bipolar disorders or eating disorders. Number five, teen brains may be more vulnerable to stress. So because your brain is still developing, teens may respond to stress differently than adults, which could lead to stress-related mental disorders such as anxiety and depression. And that's one of the things that makes it harder for adults, even though they've been teens, their brain has now matured and it's hard for them to remember what you're going through or to really take it as you feel important as it is. Number six, teens need more sleep than children and adults. So research shows that melatonin, which is melatonin is your sleep hormone, that melatonin levels in the blood are naturally higher later at night and drop later in the morning in teens than in most children and adults. So this difference with teens may explain why many teens stay up late and struggle with getting up early in the mornings. So it's recommended that as a teen, you get lots of sleep, maybe like nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. But most teens aren't getting that sleep that they need for their brains to continue to grow and mature. So a lack of sleep can make it difficult to pay attention. It may increase impulsivity and may increase the risk for irritability or depression. Number seven, the teen brain is resilient. Although you're a teen, It's a vulnerable time for your brain and for teenagers in general, but most teens go on to become very healthy adults. Some changes in the brain during this important phase of development actually may help protect against long-term mental disorders. So it's a very important time of your life to be thinking about your your mental health and to be thinking that your, your brain is continually growing and maturing. We're going to be talking about stress, worry, anxiety, sadness, and grief and depression in these sessions. And I just wanted to kind of define them a little bit. Stress generally is a response to an external cause, such as taking a big test or if you have an argument with a friend. And it goes away once the situation is resolved. And stress can be positive or negative. We're going to talk about that in the next podcast. For example, it may inspire you to meet a deadline or it may help you to pass a test. Worry is dealing on a difficulty or a problem to feel or show fear and concern because you think something bad has happened or will happen. And usually worry goes away when the stress is removed. And we're going to be talking about worry. Anxiety is is a different word. I mean, what do you think about when you think about worry versus anxiety? I think anxiety is is more, it's more internal. It's more of a, like a physical reaction to stress. It usually involves a kind of persistent feeling of dread or apprehension that just doesn't go away. And when it becomes constant, and it's always there, it can become a disorder where it physically affects us, where we get restless or we sweat or we, our heart's palpitating and those kind of things. We're going to be talking about sadness and grief, which sadness is a, a very a normal part of our life and is, should be expected whenever we feel unhappiness or loss in our life. And they're common, they have many triggers, and they come and go depending on the circumstances. But when that sadness and grief can get out of control in our life, we enter into what's called depression. And depression is more serious and can lead to something, a very major kind of disorder. It's a mental illness. You know, you might say, oh, I feel depressed, but really there's there's a definition behind depression that's important for us to understand Depression is really when those feelings of sadness and or loss, 
they change our interests and activities that you, you once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can de- decrease your ability to function at school and at home. So it's, it's something that usually will happen like over weeks, uh, maybe over two weeks, maybe months, and it will be there every day and it kind of changes your whole life aspect. So some symptoms of depression are you're, you're feeling sad or having a depressed mood. You have a loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed. You have changes in appetite, like weight loss or gain unrelated to dieting. You have trouble sleeping or or sleeping too much. You have a loss of energy or increased fatigue. You have feelings of worthlessness or guilt. You have difficulty thinking or concentrating or making decisions. And last of all, you have feelings of of self-harm or suicide. And that's when you know that it's very serious and you need to really seek some help. So all of those things we're going to be talking about, and uh, you may have experienced them in your life, you may not, but I want to talk about how common are these types of things like anxiety disorders and depression. In the teen years and early 20s are the time that you're most vulnerable to developing a mental disorder. And here's some statistics. The World Health Organization reports that upwards of 20% of teens worldwide experience mental disorders. Now, that's one in five teens will struggle with their mental health. Half of all mental illnesses in adults begin by age 14 and 75% by the mid-20s. So that's that's quite significant number when you think about it. if you think about five of your friends one of your friends is more than likely to be struggling with some sort of mental issue here's another one an estimated six million teens in america alone have some kind of anxiety disorder although the number is probably higher because the majority do not seek for help so that's just in america six million kids In Canada, where I live, suicide accounts for 24% of all deaths among 15 to 24-year-olds. Teens are admitted to hospital for suicide attempts more than any other age group. Some accounts suggest as many as a quarter of all suicide attempt admissions are for teens. So that's quite sad and quite staggering. More than likely, you're one of those teens who has stress and worry in their life, but you can handle it. You know, it's, it's still important, though, to understand a lot of this because there is no doubt you know somebody who is really struggling with their mental health, even though it might not be evident to you. And sometimes people hide these things. But you want to be able to see the signs, to understand the signs, and be there and ready to help when that time comes and be able to know what to say. That's what being Christ-like is all about, right? On the other hand, you may be one of those struggling with your mental health. You feel like you're completely weird and that nobody else understands you. You look around at your peers, especially at social media, and you see these carefully crafted images of perfect, happy, and confident classmates and conclude that you're the odd one out. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. And that's why I brought those statistics to you, because they show that there are many, many teens, just like you, who are dealing with the same emotions. And we want to talk about these things. We want to bring the Bible into the picture because you can read a lot of stuff out there, but it doesn't necessarily draw in what God tells us about anxiety and depression. There's a lot of examples in the Bible about people who uh, suffer from these kinds of things. Take, for example, Job and 
David and Elijah and the Apostle Paul. Many of the Psalms express these feelings. They're called lamentation Psalms, and we're going to be talking about some of those. There is a reason why in the Bible the most common commandment is to fear not, right? You can think of all the different places in the Bible where that command is given to us. So I hope you stick around. I think this is going to be very important for us to talk about and to discuss with our friends and and with our our family. Hopefully it, it brings us closer to our friends and our family and brings us closer to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ.